What is going on, everybody? It's the What to Do podcast. Um, I have a, I always say special guest, but this guy is um, one of a kind. There's no one like him. DC, what's going on, dude? Cody, you are too kind. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm basically just a blue collar desperado, been a handyman most of my life. I've done so many different trades and have a lot of passions. And I know you got to know one of my good passions while I was working at SignAge and we worked together with my card game, Just Business. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's still a long history with that going on too. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't, we haven't uh, been able to uh, keep in touch too much, but the big reason why um, I wanted DC on here is um, when, I, when we used to work together, we used to flow and have really good conversation and just always, always really cool, always walking away from our conversations too and being like, man, that was a really cool conversation. And when we're just working on monotonous stuff, um, <laughs> So it's always just really nice to have um, conversations with him. And I always knew um, when I got this podcast going and he always gave me really cool, um, you know, motivation and kind of like, hey, when you get it going, man, like, you know, I want in on it. This will be fun, you know, like, and, and I hope for your success. So better DC had to be on here. Um, so I'm just truly excited to, to be on here and just kind of go for it. So how's life been man you know I, I would probably say i haven't probably talked to you and i know consistently we haven't talked in a few years yeah we've only sparingly just had a few conversations just what over like dms yeah just a little bit i know i i well you're one of the few people i was really happy and excited to talk to i i really haven't talked to like friends that i haven't talked to in years and stuff like just life in general for me becoming a father two years ago this past october and so much has just changed entirely i'm not on the financial end like i would have liked but you know, <laughs> yeah, still, yeah, still yeah. working on that yeah, yeah, yeah. but lar very much so in the spiritual realm and i guess that ties in with philosophical as well but yeah i mean for example, like with my son being born just this past uh, October 4th, 2021, uh, I turned from a lifelong hardcore atheist. I was always a respectful atheist. To I would say, I would say you were always like very, um, you know, because I was always a Christian and you and me would talk and you would just, you would have your questions and I would have my questions to you and and it always it always felt like you were very respectful about my my beliefs and i was always respectful of yours and i always felt like that was that's why we have a good conversation i yeah. felt like in well you know, respect is a huge thing and you know with that respect i i believe in god yeah i completely changed who i was i was i mean the whole birth of my son was nuts it was during covid like nobody could be in there like no other family nothing just me oh Separated man me everything it was a emergency c-section and they put me off in a room and i didn't know like it was like they had alarms going off in the the hospital like their code orange code orange and i'm like how that code orange is not <laughs> open the or and I'm, like freaking out and like cadence my fiance was like looking like 
out of it. They wheel her, like wheel her away. And I was like, oh my, I freaked out thinking, is she going to die? Yeah. Is my son going to die? The unknown. The complete unknown. I, for the first time in all seriousness, I was separated and put in a room to put on all, uh, you know, the, the mask outfit, everything that they do. Especially COVID. It was probably crazy. Oh God. And with COVID, they make you wear even more. Yeah. But I got on my knees and I just was staring at the wall and I just started praying to God. And I said, God, if everything goes smooth, not that that always works out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, but I said to myself as I was speaking to God, you know, if everything, as long as Cadence and Dean, my son, are healthy and fine, I will have total trust and faith in you because I, I realize I am just, just human. There's only so much I am capable of, and I need to accept the fact that there is a higher power. And lo and behold, within just a few hours, everything was fine. And whether it's the work of God or if someone wants to say it's something else, I believe that God granted me one of the greatest gifts. Yeah. And I, it completely humbled me in a level that I wasn't humbled before. I think a big, a big component of how I found God, like how I seen God is, um, through the, through some of the trials. Um, and then after the trials, I, sometimes people are like, oh, you only go to God when you're in trials. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that's how it starts, um, for you to like, come closer to God because you want someone to help. You're you seeking some, the understanding. You're seeking something. Um, and I think for me, the things that I went through as a young kid with my mom and everything, um, at first it was very hard. It was very hard to understand that, you know, going deeper into, is God doing this? Is is it the devil? Is it is there a God? Is there... But I think I just tried to look at always the positive in it. And um, I got to have my mom for another 10 years. I have a great dad. I have an awesome sister. And God has blessed me so much with those things. And that was after the trial. It was after my mom was gone. And it was like started to understand that, man, I had a very good childhood. And um, I think God blessed me. And I do believe it was God. Um, And when you do humble yourself when something does humble you, you start to understand things in a different light. And I think you having a kid, I think also my God is the father to us mm-hmm. and you are a father to your son. So I think you might have just bopped you over the head and said, Hey, you're going to kind of, kind of learn how I've been feeling, you well, know? So I needed it and know. I am so thankful. And that's like you said too, with like, you know, the trials might be the, what guides you towards God. But it's so beautiful to be in those moments where everything's going great. And yeah. I just, I just look and I just speak to God and say, like, oh, thank you, God, for everything in my life. I'll be driving to work and I'm like, God, everything's great. Oh, of course I could complain and say, oh, yeah, we can find this bill and all this, but like, why focus on that? And is that God? Yeah, it's not. It's just that it's what the world is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes people want to correlate their issues and their problems. So this is God. This is God doing this to me. Why isn't God helping me? And it's like, well, he is helping you. You have to open your eyes. Mm -hmm. You have to see the things that he's helped you with. 
we just gave you a kid. Exactly. We just gave you a, a woman that gave you that kid. And just the pricelessness. Your parents. I, I remember you always talking about your dad and just how much your relationship with your dad meant. It's like some people don't have that relationship with their dad. So Very it's like, true. God blessed you with that. I mean, I just think, yes, some people get dealt a poor hand in life and some people get dealt a very good hand, but that has nothing to do with God dealing. Oh yeah, I'm going to make this person lowly. Oh, of course not. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's sad when people try to, you know, take it and like blame God. That's, <coughs> I feel like it's an ego thing. Yeah. Largely because the maturity on their spiritual end and like that stage of where you go, Oh, versus you thinking, you know, what is, what is God? What is the devil ball blood? And actually just accepting like, Hey, like my ego is getting in the way I'm blaming whether God or the devil or just everything for my own problems. We yeah. know, we know things that are out of our control. And yeah, that's life. That doesn't, yeah, it's not like God's like sitting there with a remote control and be like, ah, screw you. Yeah, no. How? Because he's all good. He's yeah. all, everything that he does and everything that he thinks, everything that and he, we, we have can't, to be the ones. we can't compute it. Our little brains are like so, um, we want pictures. We want, <laughs> this is how I would think. And that's how God <laughs> would think. No, God doesn't think like us. It's beyond us. Yeah, I don't even think God thinks. So it's like, it, it's it's something that we um we try to understand, but we will never understand oh, until right. we meet him. Exactly. But so uh, you know, going through that, you know, Dean, I love that name, and I I have a feeling like you, is it because of like a Dean Martin or <laughs> oh hugely. So his middle name is Francis for uh, Frank Sinatra too. Okay, but I knew so, yeah. something had to do with. Oh yeah, Dean Francis is funny. Actually, he's been saying his name a lot. It's pretty hilarious. I like that. That's not a con. I don't hear Dean a lot. You know, uh, uh, it's funny. We get compliments from old people all the time. Oh, and I people will Dean. say, did you, did you name him after? Or do you know who Dean Martin is? And we're always like, yes, of course. Yeah. And uh, Cadence's uh, father's middle name is Dean, too. So it, oh, it cool. was a great like little swoop in. Because uh, originally I was like, oh, put firstborn son, I'm going to name him after me. Yeah. You know, DC4. But Cadence was like, we're not going to name him after you. And I was like, well, I still want a name. That's a D. I want another DC. Yeah. And so we were listening perfect to music. Name, and I was just like, Dean. Oh, perfect. One, like one syllable, four letters. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love his name. I love the little boy so much. And yeah, he's too in a couple months so yeah he's acting like it too yeah <laughs> he's and, getting in, in the good ways but as well he's, you're gonna get to the terrible twos oh he is testy yeah he's up one of those he'll look at you like yeah i know i can't do this but can i and he'll be looking <laughs> over at him be like i don't no 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 i don't think so and he'll be like uh-huh <laughs> and you're like no time out and fun and so being so so being a a father, what how has it kind of changed your perspective on you know just the daily? I guess for me because I'm not a father, so I think for me thinking about I'm thinking about me mm -hmm. every day, you know that that feeling of thinking about someone that is half of me because I'll say this, you know our 
partners or people that you're with, they're not, they're not, they are part of you, but they're not right. at the same time. But that kid, that is half of you. And it's your gift to the world. And with that gift, what do you choose to give that child? Yeah. Like even earlier when we talked about like, you know, with, with kids, if you're not giving your kid the best tools to grow up, to deal with life. And yeah. that is a huge one for me. Like, I don't want to force my son or any future children to be like, this is what you're going to be. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, like this is what type of career you should have or thing. I feel like I'm going to, I could delve into that too. Like I've known people that had parents like that and didn't end up well for them. And I was very, you know, blessed like with my father that, you know, I mean, he gave me grief when I was being stupid. And during my teenage years and twenties, I've definitely did a lot of stupid things. Yeah. I mean, we all do. I think that's the thing is too, like, I think that's probably a scary, but also like probably exciting thing for you is like when he gets older, you know, how is he going to act? How is he going to treat you? Is he going to still have that respect for you? You know, because you want to still be his father. But when he's in his twenties and thirties, that's when it's kind of like a father and son. I feel like for me, the more I've grown up with my dad and yeah, my dad was my dad growing up. Like he was, you got to get your school grades up. You got to, you know, mm-hmm. and he was never my friend. And I feel like now he's my, he's, he's my best friend. He's someone that I can always turn to and still have that respect. But he respects me as a man now. Um, so right. it's like that weird um, transition to I'm, he molded me into a man and now he's treating me like a man. And I treat him like the guy that, you know, brought me up. So it's, which is beautiful. And honestly, that knowing that that is on my plate. Yeah. And my son, it's almost scary, that, but it's like it, also probably exciting too. Cause oh, hugely. It's like each, like obviously my first child, he is a little adventure right now. I'm his dad and his buddy in a way mm. where he feels like, Oh, dad, let's do this, dad, blah, blah. But. Like what you're saying, like your dad saying, you know, when you're in school or like, you know, certain parts. Yeah, of when life. they really start to comprehend life. And, and then you've got to be dad. Yeah. And, I, you know, for me, think I, I think about that a lot is, you know, as my son's getting older, I'm like, okay, when do I start pushing this or, you know, how, how drastic I, do I give him time out if he does whatever, like throws something and he shouldn't be doing, you know, throwing these toys or, you know, like the various things. And then, you know, as the years progress, like how he is with, you know, either friends or in school, how he's acting and how I'm going to respond as the responsible figure that he looks to me, whether he likes it or not, and says, that's my dad. Yeah. Well, I guess not like it or not at the time, but, you know, to where I can develop a relationship like what you have with your dad. And I have very similar relationship with my dad that it's, it's, there's a level of respect to where looking down to the younger version of yourself, your child, or at least half version of yourself mm-hmm. that you're trying to give as a man 
to have that child, especially in this case, my son Dean, to become a man himself. And yeah, beyond how. Well, also too, like the one thing that I think that I think about is when I do have a kid, it's like my dad would always tell me, like when he disciplined me, it was like, you don't, you won't understand until you have a kid how bad I want you to succeed. And what you're doing right now is you're not succeeding. You know, you're, you're doing these things and you're going this way. And I've been that way. Yeah. So it's like, and as a kid, you're like, go in your room and close your door and you're like, oh, I hate them. You know, like, like, you don't know anything. You're old. Yeah. Things when, like that. I think that's a scary thing is to like give that balance of, they have to also live their life, mm-hmm. but you also have to give them little nuggets of wisdom. And hey, also a big one too is like a lot of these kids, how they treat their moms. Oh yeah. Because that's how they're going to treat their wives. Mm-hmm. Is if you treated your mom with respect growing up, you're going to treat another woman with respect. And it's it, and it, it's a nice little cycle that keeps going. But when you break that cycle, it's like, then your son all of a sudden goes, oh, I see how you respect mom. I'm not going to respect you. You and future, you're probably going to treat your mom pretty bad too. And it makes But sense. sometimes people break that cycle. That's what I was going to say, that like, once that cycle, if you get a broken cycle, like in the bad ways, to be able to rebuild takes a lot of work. Yeah. And, and like how we were speaking about God, I think when people are in broken states, that's who they should be. They should be looking to a higher realm beyond themselves. Yeah. I truly believe that our society now just focuses too much on us as individuals and i'm a very strong loud passionate individual but no (laughs) i know (laughs) no no. but at the same time there has to be almost like the yin and yang the balance a balance in just life of like okay i need to also pull back it's not all about me and like how you were saying like for me like the things that have changed since becoming a dad like i even just stopped getting haircuts i just started just cutting my own hair yeah, by, yeah. by I, I basically don't buy anything for myself. Yeah. My uh, cadence will just, you know, she'll go to Ross and be like, hey, I bought you this, like, like this jacket I have on. She's, and I'm like, oh, cool. And it's just great. And, I, and I'm just happy and thankful that I don't have to. Yeah, what's my kid wearing? You know, that's how you can really tell. <laughs> when you see the parents are all done up and then you see her kids all raggedy. Isn't and that like, sad? It's sad. It really is sad. And it's sad because I see a lot of it. Oh, it's bad, yeah. You see parents and it's like the kids wearing like a, <laughs> or throw a, say like a Reptar shirt, but you know, nowadays would it be Paw Patrol or something and it's all just covered in like Kool-Aid stains and everything and you're just like, the poor kid. And you're like, when was the last time he had a bath? Yeah, and when, now and if the they mom all... has like her lip fillers in and yeah. like her hair all done and looking great and you're like, are you going to take care of your kid? Yeah. Definitely, man. Um, so another big, another big thing that brought us kind of, uh, together was your, your game. And I've had fun with like people playing it and stuff. And it's, um, it's something special, man. I, I know some people are like, they don't like board games or they, this one, and we'll promote it because it's just, it's, 
it's such a fun game that it does really capture the essence of enough monopoly in a short amount of time and a risk in a short amount of time. Like it captures those type of games that um, you got to be a little ruthless. You got to make that decision. And, but sometimes in, in like say risk in my instance, yeah, risk, you have to like, okay, if I make this decision, five decisions, this is going to benefit me. Mm-hmm. That's how just business is like, okay, if I play my hostile card right now, is someone going to have, uh, you know, a forget about it and it's going <laughs> to really screw me down the road because then they're going to see I don't have a forget about it. Then they're going to use their hostile on me and then right. all of a sudden I'm free game. I'm open for business. So um, it's just, it's it's such a fun game and it, it's just a, it's a card game. It's It's nothing crazy. You know, but it's, it really captures that you got to make the the tough decisions and quick, you know. And honestly, the beauty of that is the whole reason why I designed the game. And I I was never a card board game. Yeah, I played Monopoly, like Risk, but like super advanced, like intense games, like, uh... Like what for you? Like magic or yeah, know, like you know games that where you got to have a little bit more knowledge. And there's a, a whole variety of different board games and even card games that they just get very in depth. Yes, and I wanted to make a game that was based kind of Monopoly, in depth, but also not at the same time because you can play four games. In a matter of sometimes they last. Because I'm (laughs) if you got a five person game or also if you got some good players, it will it will last. Oh yeah. Because some players are very smart and they know what to do. What depending on whatever cards they get, that they sit. How many reshuffles are we doing? You know, so but it's such a it's such a fun game that just captures a small little thing that you don't feel like you would get in uh say like i don't know when you you just play some games and it's like man that's a really long one mm-hmm. um i mean monopoly is the perfect one you'd always use monopoly and say like it just it monopoly takes too long everybody's always said that it's like you play it and you go oh, well um, i'll just are we going to put the board game away or is and someone going to quit you and know that's the thing like all the moving pieces you have the money you have the little chips you have there's so many moving parts yeah. to it as, as simple as it is <coughs> it's like gosh if you lose a couple pieces and it throws off the game you can sell property and then all of a sudden you know okay I, i'm gonna mortgage this and it's just, oh it's, sometimes it could go forever mm-hmm. especially when someone doesn't want to lose and they're just they yeah, just give up dude. they just really dig in <laughs> yeah. and you're sitting there and you got like three properties left and they're just trying to just cram yeah. you down and I mean, that's kind of like with, with just business. I wanted it to have that feel of where you can have, like we were saying, the competitiveness, but on a definitely shorter and different setup where it, it's just all cards. Yeah. And I you know it's funny. Actually, 10 years ago this past August is when I first started working on just business while I was under a month, well, three weeks of house arrest. Really? Yeah. Man. I had a whole lot of free time 
and it was based off a drunken bet, uh, I guess more than 10 years ago to my friends who used to play card games and I would sit and watch them. And one, this one night I was went upstairs to go, I was about to go upstairs, go do some design work on my computer. And I looked at all of them playing and they're all excited playing. I forgot what game it was. And I looked at them and I was drunk and I was like, you know what? I could design a game better than this. And they all laughed at me and went upstairs, completely forgot. And then, you know, my life was kind of a mess at the time, ended up under house arrest. And I was watching Inside the American Mob on TV. And I was like, oh, I, love, I forget how much I, I always loved like gangster things and stuff, you yeah. know, like kind of the Italian way. Italian <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was just like, hey, you know what? I got to make that card game. Yeah. And so I I did algebra for the first time since high school to be able to like make the ratios of like, okay, if this affects this, how many of these, depending on how many people. And so doing the statistics and like algebra, like basic algebra on that, that was so much fun. Yeah. And then the rest basically just became design and my whole family, everybody thought I was nuts. Yeah. And nobody believed in me. And I finally forced people to sit down and play. And it, the funniest thing is the, the only reason I knew the game was good is people would be sitting there playing with a grumpy look on their face and then their eyes, something in somebody's eyes. And I've seen it in everybody that just plays for the first time. They go, Oh, I get it. And you as can soon see, as they get it, as soon as, soon as they get it, it's like they're hooked. Yeah. And it's and it's just all those components like we talked about, and I've stuck with it for so long. And I mean, just business has had a very storied history since its beginning of you know where I was doing the early stages, and I was going to actually uh, the guy I work for now. I used to have him do my early prints of the decks just on papers, and I would cut them and point nice. around them myself, and. And then from there, I got signed with the company by after going to the New York Toy and Game Fair. This company R and R Games, of based out of. Uh, so when you went Florida. to this, when you went to this game, uh, just to stop you a little bit there, when you went to that game thing, were you just kind of going around and saying like, "This is my product," or, or did you have a booth, or were no. you you're walking around? I was just walking around trying to be like, "Hi, like I have a game. Do you guys want to like license it?" Yeah, and I was able to land one company. I mean, that's funny because the guys that ran the company, they're they're both Italian, and so they immediately were like, "Oh, it's like mobster related," and they loved it immediately. And so we got everything signed a contract, and throughout the year, and this was actually before we met because this was the company prior I worked to Signage. I, for a year, they slowly just got scared because they didn't know how to market it. Yeah. And after a year had gone by, they're like, hey, we're going to release your, you know, whatever. Your contract. The contract and whatnot. And I was like, okay, fine. And I, after that, I tried to do a small, by myself, like a Kickstarter failed. And, and it was really small. Then 
a couple of years, I got signed with Bicycle Cards. I remember and that's that. When, and that's when we were working together. Yeah. And it was at the time, I believe, Bicycle Cards was, they were trying to expand into the card and board games. And so I sent it to them. They played it in-house and they loved it. And then they're like, hey, we need to have an external play tester play it. You know, just, you know, someone that gets paid to play games. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Not a problem. And the guy that was the play tester wanted to do drastic changes. I remember changes he wanted to change to a lot. And it was a lot of changes that I felt would have ruined the essence. What was like, what was like some of them that you would think that would change, like it was going to change the game like dramatically? Was he I, saying like more forget about it or like more like hostels or more money? What it, was it? It was, he wanted to get rid of the allocate cards, which are kind of weird it's and i was like but those are a tool to where like you can use it to get more cards or you can use it as money which is for a lot of cards if you don't want to use it but you want to burn cards and it has a value cash value just put it down as money what was the what was the like what was he weird about the allocate he just didn't like he wanted to get rid of just get rid of it he didn't like it he felt that it was like, oh, well, most people don't need to get two cards all the time, extra two cards. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Not when you're does. when you're a good player and you're getting down to the or you're a or player, if you're holding on to other good cards. Yeah. And, and you, you need to, you them. need to get those two out of your hand or you need to get money. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the good players that allocate when you're first playing the game, you're like, I got to get those forget about it. I got to get the, the hostels. I got to get the casinos i gotta get that everyone stuff. thinks of the high power cards. i gotta get those high power cards but i feel like when you're a good player those allocates come in crucial times that you're like and also too sometimes people with the knives it's like oh i'm gonna use these knives just to yeah they're like oh, i'll just use it as whatever you're like no i'm gonna hold on to that sucker until like, i possibly can you know yeah, like to make my final move yeah, like the difference between the hijack and the handover. Like, you know, the handover has one knife, so it has one stealing power or killing power to the uh, protection. And then the hijack has the two knives. So it's like you can kill a plus one and take from underneath. Yeah. Because it's not part of a full set. Like that. Like that's a good example. <coughs> the, the hijack with the, the double knives. Well, if you, if you, if you come at it as a, a mobster perspective, if you're trying to take over someone's racket or their property in the instance, if you can get two more assets out of something when you don't have those assets, so like yeah. to allocate, if you can get two more assets to help you when you go to charge their, oh yeah, or go to um, take that racket in a mobster's perspective, yeah, if I can get two more hitmen out of this or I can get or, or anything police or, or uh, even yeah. if you get a racket or yeah like whatever it may cops be or anything or money or so kind of a weird weird card to take out and it was that and he didn't i think he wanted he wanted to add a card that was very similar to the resource recycle oh okay. you know the the one card that you can take and swap for whatever's on top of the discard pile or the drop off and I, I felt that he was trying to do this to kind of make his mark on the game so that he would also be making money. Got it. And I was like, oh, okay, I see what this guy's doing. And so we kind of argued a lot. And then all during while that was happening, uh, bicycle cards got bought up.
by, oh, oh my gosh, what's their name? Forgot the basically the biggest card game manufacturer in the world. <laughs> so they dropped that division because they're like, hey, like, you know, we're getting swallowed up by another company. We just, we're dropping this. Like, yeah, they probably have their other properties that they've been trying out and stuff. So exactly. And so there was that. And then I got involved with a family friend that I actually had my dad and other family invest money into to do like an official Kickstarter with like a company that like promotes like, yeah, we promote you and do all these things. And ended up being a wash mm -hmm. and we lost probably geez like close to 50 grand paying these people to play on. and and i feel like that's been the hardest thing with just business is nobody has found a way to market it in the best way and i personally i've reached out to mobsters like uh michael francais yeah. who has his own podcast i've reached out to uh oh, what's his name sammy the bull I wasn't able to get a response. I've, I've tried reaching out to like people to where I felt, okay, how can I get this game to like find life? Yeah. And so actually I should have, I should have brought it. I can show you later. But so I did a reskin of the game. Ah. The game is exactly the same, but instead of you, each player being a mobster trying to pull out, you know, the rackets, illicit businesses, Everybody is an evil chicken overlord. A what? An evil chicken overlord. <laughs> what? So I, I, ba I based it off of like kind of thinking how the, the global elite of people that, you know, run the massive businesses that control our lives. Yeah. And, you know, institute and buy politicians and stuff. And I was like, you know, it'd be funny to do an ironic, like, you get to do that. But you're doing that over chickens mm. or, you know, like tech, not technically, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> so instead of like illicit businesses, there's like social media there, which it would actually was in place for casino. So that's oh, like okay. one of the higher powered ones, like things that you, instead of uh, illegal businesses, like I was saying, it's like type of businesses that you use to control, mm. but, but chickens, if you know, like anthropomorphic chickens. Okay. So every player is trying to gain control in the exact same way as like basically what, you know, the, the global elite. Tried Have it. you also thought about maybe even going mobile if with the possible. same, the same design, you know, say just business and this chicken one, same stuff would go mobile with it if i could find somebody that would it, for sure i feel like that would be i would absolutely love to i just i ha personally haven't put enough energy into finding like a company that or person, someone developer yeah. that could say hey we love this game we want to turn it into an app because yeah. i think it would be it probably would work better that way because then people could be like, oh, hey, this is a fun game. Oh, I can buy it in real life. I'd love to play this with like my family or friends. Yeah. So with, with as crazy as life is right now, yeah. it's definitely on the table. Yeah, yeah. Now, 
Is it is it still able to buy? Is still able to buy? Currently, no. No. I just due to the amount of money it took to. I still have the business name, but it is no longer on Amazon. And I have a couple. I think what just under two hundred left, just sitting in reserve. Mm. So I've been just kind of holding on to them and giving them to various people that I've been trying to influence to want to either play the game to sell it or basically I'm just holding on to a whole bunch of just business. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, man, I can say, it, you know, if there's anybody out there right now that is listening to this and they have that opportunity or they know that person, um, reach Re out to me. Yeah, because, reach out to you, and then I can get all the stuff. It's such a fun game. It's I've had uh, the times that we had in paint oh, with man. Ricardo my and goodness. Alex. Shout out to Ricardo and Alex. Yeah, Ricardo, I miss Ricardo and Alex. Yeah, and I was telling them that you were going to be on, and they're like, "Oh man, say hi," you know. <laughs> but um, the times that we would have in there with Darren too. Oh, that's right. Darren, <laughs> he got super competitive. He got money-wise too. too. <laughs> he just always wanted to bet. <laughs> He's like, dude, I got five bucks on me. You know, I don't want to bet anything. That's fine. I'll put a hundred in. You're like, geez, you know. And that's another one thing with just business. People love to gamble with it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, hey, yeah, dollar gained. Oh, this. The competitiveness. We used to play sets. I remember we used to love yeah. playing sets. So it's like, you know, if you could win four sets or five sets. Well, we'd get in. Like, Ricardo would have six sets. <laughs> Everybody would be like, why'd you let him? I remember we used to get so mad at each other, I, too. Be I, like, feel like, I feel like Ricky won. A lot. I think he probably at least won 60, close to 60%. I would say, yeah. He, he was very good at like how he knew when to pull and got lucky, but he was just smart with his cards. Yeah. Alex, when you knew Alex was doing good, he got you quiet. Could tell. He got quiet. <laughs> he would stop making jokes and he'd be like, oh, he's got good cards. <laughs> I remember also, too, I don't know if you remember when we had played, do it. Do it, Darren. <laughs> Ricardo, you saw he's going, throw it down. Take it. <laughs> We used to have so much fun, man. It was, um, I just remember, man, it just used to be just a, we'd go over breaks, but Darren would be like, it's fine. Let's just keep going. You know, that was the funniest thing. Just being like sitting there and people like looking in to paint, like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. People would come in and be like, <laughs> you guys are playing that card game. You know, <laughs> it's still, man, it's, it's so much fun. So I, I do advise anybody out there that is listening to this and, um, they do know someone or they have some type of avenue or or if you're interested in buying the game from uh DC um because if you want to make some money and know people like what Cody's saying yeah and let's do this so it's um it's a really fun one and i would hate to see it go you know it, it's uh i know you'll always have it you know but, but like i the, the reason why despite all the failures in marketing like what we're talking about. And when I've seen people get it and then they tell me, and I've had people reach out to me like, oh, and they'll send me pictures out of the blue. Like, oh, look, this is us playing or whatnot. And like, it just warms my heart knowing that I created something that people love and enjoy. Yeah. 
And that's the whole reason why I've stuck with it is that I know that the product's good. Yeah. It just needs help in the marketing department. Cause making people happy, making, getting people in to where, like they were saying, like when we were over in paint and <laughs> just the, the, the friendly tension of like just. Oh, I just remember sometimes we'd be leaving that room and Ricky would just be, cause like you said, I feel like it was 60% of the time Ricky winning. But even when Ricky wouldn't, and he would be like, you screwed me. Like, uh-huh. Cody, you screwed me. You take, why didn't you take it from Alex? I remember. <laughs> I want to know why. You know, like, we would always be like, tell me why you, why you took my trash. And they're like, well, I kind of took the trash because I just felt like it was, no, he had a trash. And you're like, you're like why did you yeah, take DC, it from he did have a trash. And you're like, I don't know. Okay. You know, like, we used to just get so into it. And I think that's the thing that I would just love to see that continue and other people. And um, I can equate it to the reason why I wanted you on here, because this uh, podcast is a very big passion of mine and I want it to work. I want it to be successful. I know I'm going to have the ups and downs. Like you just explained the crazy ups and downs of creating something and I've had a lot of ups right now, and it's been really nice, and that's so awesome. But I think it's it's also I'm very thankful for someone like you to um, help me kind of learn when I was going through it. I would always keep you in the back of my head of like, you know, DC did say like there's gonna be like times where it's gonna be hard to print the cards, and this person didn't get back to you, and um. They make so, a blush. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I, I know that it's, um, this is a process and, um, I'm just, uh, I'm happy that I'm on it. I don't care if five people listen to this podcast, like I was saying. The um, nat, the natural flow of an enjoyable conversation. Yeah. Is the key. And I, I mean, that's what really drives because. I mean, podcasts that I, I largely listen to mostly, uh, political podcasts yeah, and some philosophical stuff and things that tie into that. But when there's that natural flow conversation and it's not too much structure, it actually, it feels nice. Cause it feels like you're sitting there and like a part of it and you're like, Oh, Hey, what are they talking about? What's yeah. going on with this? Like it, it just has a natural feel to it. Yeah. And, and definitely, uh, Going into this year, I was having a hard time with, do I structure this podcast more? Do I have more um, conversations that I can let the other person know that we're going to have these conversations? So for you and me, it would be, okay, I I need to text DC on Monday and he's going to be able to think about these things throughout the week but it's like oh yeah what about when those five things run out those people are sitting there in the chair going okay i we we ran out of those five things to talk (laughs) about i wasn't thinking about anything else this week you know and that's how you know like the flow with people is very different from say some podcasts it was like i felt like we were some people i was man we're really flowing yeah. I'm not even I'm not even looking at the timer. I'm not even I'm like laying back, relaxing. I was like, I wish we had a couch in here, you know, like yeah, right. Relax. So it's like I think um it's been it's been, you know, I, I know the biggest thing for me is people say how you get your podcast out there is by going on another podcast. 
Yeah. So I have to kind of find my way to another podcast. And I have some other ones that I've been kind of, uh, one that I'm, you can just go to. It's at a bar. You uh-huh. can just go to and get on. So it's like, that's good. I just as go on there and you get, get yourself out. That's 15 really minutes of get yourself out, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, um, been a process, but I know that I could definitely say that. And I'm, I'm not online to you, DC. I really did. I would think about like, okay, like, you have to be passionate about the thing that you do. And I know a lot of people have just been like, man, I'm just so happy that you're doing it. Um, and I know when you're in it, like how you were in, I look at it as trials as a storm. Oh, yes. Hugely. That's and a good analogy. Everybody that you love and care about um, are on the boat. When we're steering the boat, we're trying to figure out how the winds are and the storms are crazy. Sometimes... People that get on that boat are not people that should be on that boat. Agreed. And sometimes they steer your life in different directions. They egos or whatever you think of. You just think of it as a ship. Yeah. One captain. I'm the captain of my ship. I run the ship the way that I want it. But there could be someone at the end of the ship that's convincing me to do something when all the other people are like, this guy, we need to throw him overboard. Yeah, give him his own boat. Yeah, <laughs> throw him overboard, yeah. dude. Yeah, send him off in the dire straits. And that's how you Spirit can easily get manipulated and easy to forget where you came from. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know with um, like the storm, you sometimes you don't think the storm's ever going to end. You're sitting there going, man, oh, and that's a bad place to let your head get to. Exactly. And you're like, man, I don't think this thing's ever going to let up. But um, I've always thought of it as, you know, sometimes those storms, they say when they're out on these ships, they'll just all of a sudden the storm will go away and you'll see the sunlight. Yeah. And the sunshine. And it's like, that's life. And that's life. And we have to like take those times. And yes, life sucks, but. Think about, instead of thinking about how bad the storm is, think about all those people on the boat with you and what they've done. And I could definitely say, I know we haven't kept in contact, but you definitely been on my ship. Um, you just been on the other side. You know, you've been hanging out. Yeah, right. I've been, I've on just the other been side. hanging out <laughs> in the little cargo area. <laughs> yeah. Just just floating around in there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It, you know, with in tying into that, like your ship, your direction where you go whether it was a storm or not and just realizing hey the ship's still afloat yeah just just being alive is amazing yeah and like you know life life can suck yeah but it can be the most beautiful thing in the world too and it's all in your perspective yeah and i feel like when you are passionate and you work hard and have all those attributes and you maintain it in your head like hey despite whatever struggles i'm going through whatever storms are hitting me whatever you know instances that maybe throws my life off a little bit who's next to you yeah who's next to me and if i've got the right people good people then and my ship's still afloat then you know life is good yeah It, it can't be that bad yeah. <laughs> now, life, life's never that bad. And if it is, like, I, you, sorry, something really bad happened. Well, I always tell people, too, there's always something worse. And oh, like, yeah. And then that's a thing. Like, you can compare it to, like, you see things that happen in, like, 
Jeez, even in America now. Yeah. I mean, there are so many. Look at Chicago, man. Like the way Chicago is. My goodness. It's very sad. San Francisco. I mean, there's just so many places that you can. So that's why sometimes it's like, we think our problems are this like, boom, I can't, I can't get my car game going. I can't get my podcast going. I, I can't get this stupid sound that I get every time. When I put it into the editor, it doesn't work properly. Yeah, right? Technical issues or, I mean, the issues can go to anything. Yeah. But, you know, that's also a good time to stop and be like, hey, I need to center myself. Maybe I need to talk with God a little bit. Stop, pray, and just humble myself and relax. And then I'll get to those problems. Yeah, they seem like they're dire and like they're really frustrating my, me right now, but how can I deal with them when I'm freaking out? Yeah. Or how can I be my best self if I'm not in my best frame of mind? Yeah, definitely. Um, another one too that I've always wanted to, one that we can just kind of bring up is, you know, the, the mob thing. I, I'll always, I've always, the mob's always intrigued me. Um, it's such a bizarre, I mean, just, the essence of what it is, it's like this organized secret society yeah. that does terrible things and good things. I mean, and how they've kind of changed over time. So, like mm-hmm. in the eighties, they were a different animal. Oh yeah, and, you know, in the nineties, they're a different animal, and now that it, because you used to be able to whack people and just you throw them in the trash. Oh yeah, and then you just get your garbage disposal that you own. It's just like yeah, all right, just. But no, there's cameras. There's yeah. cameras everywhere now. Oh, so gosh. it's like you're getting caught everywhere. And not even just cameras, like GPS tracking on everything. Yeah, everything. So I've always thought that, you know, that was always something that you and me would talk about the mob. And what uh what's one of your like your favorite mob movies? That's and why? So hard. And it doesn't have to be definitive, but you could say it's a tie, you know. I'd say the one you know, to say that the the Godfather one and two didn't influence me, because my like when I was sixteen, my dad's like, "All right, we're gonna sit and watch the Godfather." Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, just just from the idea of family, and then you see, you know, everybody basically knows Godfather, but that, that's a very big one. But Goodfellas was another one. See, the Goodfellas, I feel like that's that's my kind of like one and two they i feel like godfather and goodfellas kind of like sit at the top there because it's they're such different movies they're so different from each other but you need you, you like there would be no goodfellas without a godfather oh yeah and but at the same time like if there was just a godfather i feel like it wouldn't be as pronounced yeah i feel like they did the traditional that's what the italian mob did at that time when like goodfellas it was like this like what a time to be alive like what a crazy time to and be they had the, the amazing joe pesci too yeah joe pesci's and joe pesci's <laughs> one of my absolute favorites of all time no matter what he's done whether it's from hope alone to Goodfellas, little small roles. Joe Pesci is one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, he did. 
My fiance Cadence, her spirit animal. I tell her it's Joe, <laughs> Joe Pesci. No, that's her spirit animal. <laughs> now, the one in Goodfellas or just Joe Pesci in general? Just Joe Pesci okay. in general. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because his his like type of roles, I can't. I almost I can't watch sometimes because it it gives me anxiety. But I love I love Joe Pesci. But like in Casino, it it like wow, oh, right? What a crazy role in like. Oh, he's way. I mean, spoiler alert, like he dies, but it's like the way he dies in that movie and how brutal it is. Oh, and like him and his brother. In oh, you know, it's like it's hard to watch. It's so well done, though. Yeah. Also, the same thing with um Billy Bat, Billy Bats, right? Yeah. But when he's Billy Bats. When, they, when he's beating him and stuff. And oh, man, like it gives me a weird little. But that, that I think that's how we should feel about when you're beating someone to death. Like, yeah, you shouldn't get excited and happy about but it. But when you look at their characters, they're so so calm and collected. But that's when you can see when uh who's the main character? Uh what is his name in the movie? Oh my goodness. Why am I Henry. Henry. Yeah. How he was starting to be like, oh like this is getting this is getting And he got to that point to where like, oh, like I'm gonna get killed. Oh <laughs> especially the way um uh, what was Joe Pesci's character, the way he would move in? Oh, my. Yeah. And then they just, because he was there in, in, in Goodfellas, because he was the only one that could be a made man. But the day he was going to become a made man, right? It's like. <laughs> well, it's like, it, that's such a crazy thing, too, with, um, with, like, the mafia, too, is, like, that guy's a made man. You have to get permission to kill that man. Uh huh. Like you have to talk to the head boss of that family, and then this family. If you were in a separate family, you would almost have to talk to both families and be like, "I want to kill that guy," and he'd be like, "You can't." And I, isn't it? I think that's what drove like just the why people find it so interesting because it's such a bizarre. Like you can't kill someone at their home. Mm-hmm. That's why they would always drive them somewhere else. Or if like they had women and kids, you couldn't kill in then, front of your family, you to, and then you had to like take care of their family. Yeah, so like, it, like there's a lot of things where we're like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, if we, well, if we all agree you're going to kill this guy, but then you're going to have to pay X amount for his family so that they're taken care of, and it's like things like that where it's. I think that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, and also too, like not like making it known. There was no like, like say you and me are in the same family, and I'm like. We got to kill Tony. Like, we have to kill Tony. Yeah, right. Let's go make it known that we got to go kill Tony. That How it kind of was, was it was like, we got to kill Tony, and we got to figure a way to do it. And then all of a sudden, all right, we got permission to kill Tony. All right, all right, when are we going to do, do this? All right, let's hire him for a, a robbery, and then we'll pin it on him. You know, and it's all of a sudden, boom, all of a sudden, you just killed this guy, and all of a sudden, but... I think other gangs, how they make people scared is by going, shoot them and go, it was the Crips that did it. Yeah, right. Mafia is kind of like, I don't know who did it. Yeah. And like, like, I don't know. Could have been us. Could have been. But maybe, you know, kind of that secret society, but they're also living amongst everybody too. Yeah. Like they were, it's funny because like, you think like the way back, like the early, like Bob during the, you know, beginning of the 20th century like they basically would protect the neighborhood yeah and it's crazy with us like like they were their own police force yeah. 
Uh, maybe not. Maybe not that one. <laughs> maybe not always the best one, but they yeah. looked out for the neighborhood. Like, hey, you can't do this or this. You know, they're they're taking money, like protection money from places. But it's like no one's gonna. If someone comes in and robs your place, yeah, we'll get rid of them. Yeah, and it's just crazy to think like how like this underground society, criminal society, was able to like basically kind of keep neighborhoods safe. Yeah. In such an unorthodox way, and also like how to kind of pluck these these young kids out of these little out of the city, and kind of go want to be you got how you're going to be part of the mob is you're going to probably be running numbers for them. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be making deliveries for them. Um, you're probably going to be lookouts. But if you didn't have that blood. If you weren't, you know, Sicilian or, or if you were Sicilian, I think, and you got to get it from your father's side, your too. father's side. Cause what was it like? If your dad's Sicilian then you can't, you can't get in. Right. No, I think it was your mom. If it's, your it's mom. like the opposite of the Jews. So it's like, if you're Jews, they do everything through the mother. Oh, okay. Like, so if you're Jewish, it's because you got it through your mother's side. Even if your dad's Jewish, but it's like counted through. Like, so if your dad family. was Italian and your mom was Sicilian, you couldn't get in. I think at least for uh, the American mob. American mob. Yeah. Um, I think and then. Had to be, yeah. You had to trace to Sicily, I think for, yeah, most through your father's line. Yeah. So crazy too, like those little things. But that Pesci character, like it, 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 wow, there's such a good. And then another one that's a little underrated for me. The two underrated is Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco, that's actually a really good movie. That one, that one for me, because I can't put it at the two. I can't put it at one. But it's underrated for me. Oh, it's definitely underrated because people forget about it, but it's actually a really good story. Yeah. Um, and then I would have to put, for me, Casino. That's not Casino. underrated, but Casino is very good. I think Casino just as a story in itself is just insane because it's just like you think of Vegas and you're like how Vegas was essentially made into the Vegas we know now. Yeah. That's- and, and, and the thing that's kind of scary too is is it still going on? But is it? Are they working in a different way that we would never right. see? We saw, we watched the casino movie, and we got to kind of see the inner workings of how they were working. How they use even in Godfather, you know, you kind of see. <laughs> yeah. I love that too when he's like, "Don't you ever go against the family again?" Like, uh, uh, what was yeah, that? Two with yeah, in two with Fredo. Yeah, when when they took Fredo, <laughs> as ruthless as it is, it's like. I think as well, both of us having Italian blood, it's kind of like, I see why you did it. Like, that's brutal, but your brother turned against the family and what you guys do. Sorry. I mean, it's the most iconic scene. Oh, my gosh. I mean, everybody knows that scene. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even understand why the true depth of what it is. It's like, you're having your brother killed because he went against the family. Yeah. Like it was like you had one chance. Yeah. And he warned you. He was like, don't ever go against when, the at the When they were in the casino, and I, I forgot who it was, Green something. And that guy was, oh, talking, yeah. He was talking mess. And then he left and he was like, Fredo, don't ever go against the family again. 
that's a warning. And then when they're at the party and he found out Fredo is, you know, doing the business. Oh, it was like, and then he goes up and kisses him and he's like, yeah, oh, it's just such a powerful, even too, like, I feel like, I think it's one of the best, in my opinion, I think it's one of the best performances. As oh, much as I would say Joe Pesci, like, what a great performance of an Italian mob that's off the hinges. He, there's no one that does it better than him. Yeah, he's Mr. Off the Hinge. Yeah, the Off best. the Hinge. Did it the best. <laughs> but I feel like Don Corleone, like that is the... Or... Uh, Al Pacino's. Al Pacino's... Um, what was his... It was Tom? Um, man, I'm blank. I know. Now we're... No, because Tommy was uh, Joe Pesci in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Goodfellas. There we go. Where he was... Uh, and it was Don Corleone, the father, and then, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting? The older brother. The uh, older brother killed. was Sonny. Yeah, and then he got killed. And he was a mess anyway. He was a mess, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, then the second boy. The, why, why are we forgetting? Michael. Michael, yeah, Michael, 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 Michael. Michael Corleone. Michael, Michael. Someone's going to be mad. My friend Ryan, he loves mafia movies. He's Sorry, dude. <laughs> he was <listens>. sorry. <laughs> he's he's probably yelling, Michael. He's like, God, you can't even remember Michael's name. Come on, he's like man. one of the most iconic people in two his his dudes. performance. I know people say like Don Corleone, like what a great. He's like kind of like the poster of it. In my opinion, I think that Michael that the role of him like talking to his wife after the first one. I'm just like, don't don't ever. A question me. Yeah, I'm doing this to make sure you are good. Yeah. But it's and like it's, this, it's this odd, it's like this weird transition from when he left that bathroom mm -hmm. and he knew he had to kill those two guys. And ever since that part in the film, you see that transition of him slowly losing that guy that went to college, went to Stanford. That's all gone now. No, it's like yeah. now he's thinking about the family, the um, the money coming in. Who's no one? No one is like having fun with the dog. Like no one's. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, like he's like top dog. Like needs to be aware. I mean, that's what like it. And I think that's the interesting part of why people are so like attracted to the Godfather one and two is that. It's almost like that. Feeling. I love how you say one and two because well, three, three is just I, nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I remember my dad gave me a dirty look one time because I'm like, "Hey, you know what?" And he's like, "That movie doesn't exist." <laughs> just they just messed it up. They just shouldn't have been one. But think about like just the way that like how you're explaining like with Michael's transition. It's in, in a way kind of like a distorted version of what it is to become a man from being a boy. Yeah. And um, also in a, being, in a highly aggressive. Well, being, being in that family, because you look at Sonny, mm -hmm. Sonny was too aggressive. He was wild. He was wild. So you never knew that he was going to make that tough decision when it was time to make the decision, be calm, mm -hmm. make a decision. Uh, and I think, he, I think Mike always knew he was going to be that. And he, yeah. he avoided it and went to college. Went, and, I got to get away from my family because I'm going to turn into my dad. Yep. And then faith. 
he came back and his brother dies and it's just, he's he's hurled into it or his dad gets shot yeah i think that's what kind of got him into it oh yeah because then shot. it was like someone needs to be responsible yeah and that's why it's funny is that that essence of i need to be a man yeah. in a mobster <laughs> realm but it's yeah. like i need to be responsible i am gonna run this i i'm not a kid yeah like i can't just I mean, obviously he went to war. That's not a kid thing, but yeah. like, you know, college and everything else that he did is like, you, you don't have the responsibilities of running, whether it's a fit, like a ma mafia family or like your true blood family, or in his case, both. Yeah. And I, I think that's what makes those movies so just iconic. Yeah, because in two, in two, you start to really see the like Robert De Niro playing the Don, like yeah. his how he became who he was. Yeah, and kind of him becoming him going in, having to kill and having to make that like, man, you're in the life now. Yeah. Um, but I think just seeing Michael's character, I think it's just the best performance of um a mobster um oh it's definitely as a boss too um but i have some other ones well let's see um <laughs> the departed Departed's a great movie the departed i feel like jack nicholson kind of went a little too like i felt like he kind of went a little too crazy but man i, but, I mean that's jack yeah jack nicholson and but, he's fantastic but but there's great like parts in that film that i'm like oh man this is it's more of a cop kind of film to it but but either way but uh, you like, get a lot of the essence you know of the what mob. also kind of has that kind of feel would be like training day with denzel yes it, it's kind of has that little bit of a feel to it not as much but kind of yeah to where you feel like you see the both sides and then you know the main character is kind of like oh like other parts of you know the life yeah um and then I don't know if you ever seen Black Mass. I mean, you know what? A sound. Who's in there? That's uh, Johnny Depp plays uh, the the Irish mob, Irish mobster. I had to have seen it. Um, man, what's his name? Oh, uh, Whitey Bulger. Oh, that's right. Yes. Why, I mean, Whitey Bulger, God, what a brutal guy, historically, and like mafia-related stuff. And, and I mean, he was an informant, too, but he was using the government. He was like, oh, cool, like, you guys going to let me get away with stuff? Cool. Yeah, well, I'm right. not going to give you any information. <laughs> <laughs> he would just be like, that's the funny part, is he would just go like, oh, you guys want me to be an informant? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we want you to be an informant. You know, just give us some information every now and then. <laughs> and then the one guy that was in charge of getting information from got too excited with the life and started seeing the cash come in. So he's like, uh, then people started investigating. They're like, Dude, he hasn't given us anything. Yeah, right. Like, what has he given us? And they're like, well, he gave you, he gave you like the people in Southie. And they're like, yeah, that's Southie. Like, <laughs> what? He's dealing drugs. <laughs> we need it no more. And the, other, and the guy would be like, yeah, maybe, you know. 
that's so crazy. And then all of a sudden, he just went. In the end, he just, yep, it's all done. I'm out. And like wow. sold everybody out. Isn't that crazy with a lot of movies? That's the selling out at the end a lot of times. Yeah. Whether it's either death or selling out. And you see the, the brutalness of a life like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, while we were growing up, gangster rap. Yeah, true. I mean, I remember like my mom didn't care. She's like, oh, that has a cool beat. I don't know what they're saying. And I'd be like, okay, good. You know, I would play like the, you know, the edited versions for her from the ones I was stealing off of Bearshare and Napster back in the day. Hey, no, you never, you got oh, those. Oh, yeah, I never did that. No, you never did that. <laughs> I, I did used to go buy Pirate a lot of Bay. my, I used to buy a lot of mine at uh, Borders and Barnes and Noble, though. I remember if I really loved an artist, I would go buy their album. That's what I would do. That's how But like, if it was just like a random song, I'd be like, hey, I'm just going to add this to my little mix playlist. CD, yeah, and um, scribbled with Sharpie all over it. Yeah, even even looking at a lot of the um, the music and stuff like that, and the things that they would say, and yeah, I definitely had to have the edited version. My dad would always be like, "I, dude, when you're <laughs> when you're like doing your own thing, whatever. But when you're around me, and if I hear any of the crazy stuff, uh huh, dude, it better be edited. <laughs> so all my stuff is edited." <laughs> Imagine that. Remember those days, like Livewire, yeah, like Napster. Like, oh man, it was it was a wild west. It created what we do now, but it's oh, so dude. isn't it so funny? Like people now are paying for it. Oh, people, I'm paying for it. And well, the thing is, you pay for it, and you don't even think about it. This is like yeah. you just set up your card or Google Pay, Apple Pay, yeah. and whichever flavor you want, and it just slowly just trickles every month. And you don't even think about it. Yeah, but when back then, you never had to. Oh, yeah. But you had to find a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> you had to dig a, lot a lot of work. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, every time it's like, oh, look, this is this song. And then you'd get it, and it'd be like half the song. And then the end of it would be like, <clears throat> you're like, oh, what the? Yeah, come on. I remember right, that was too, a bad source. A lot of rap, too, would be like, where'd you find this? <laughs> uh -huh. This is rap empire. You're like, dang it. <laughs> oh, God, I where'd you remix. find this? <laughs> oh, this man. is a remix. And it's some person like putting on their promotion and then the song would start. And you're like, okay. And the regular yeah. version didn't have that. Like, I just wanted the regular version. What, what happened? Like, <laughs> DJ Flex Nuts. Blah, blah, blah. blah. You're yeah, like, DJ, DJ Flex Nuts. <laughs> you're just like, who's this guy? I just wanted to hear Ice Cube. This is coming from the South. You know, <laughs> just say stuff like that. And you're like, okay. And I would think nothing of it. I'd just be like, like just gunshots too. Obviously, remember, always Where'd you find this? Oh, gosh. I remember that. That always happened, actually, a lot of times when I was getting, uh, like, Dirty South, like, 8-Ball, MJG, guys like them. What else? Gosh, there's, I mean, there's so many different variations of freaking hip-hop. Like, But it is it is wild the way that our, our, like, the way that we're moving now, you know, in the aspect of how do you watch... TV, 
Oh my goodness. Back then TV. Like talking to an elderly person that doesn't know how to use technology is, it's amazing. (laughs) They're lost. (laughs) Yeah. You're just like, Hey, look, you just get a little Roku or something similar and you could just, you could go to YouTube. What does it do? It's a Roku. (laughs) So you got to plug it in and like, I'll I'll do it. I'll set it up all for you. It'll be fine. Like, ah, it's too complicated. Just turn on channel, whatever. You're like, I, I, it's like, I, that's what's, you know, we were talking about technology a little bit and I like technology, but I'm starting to see a lot of the things in technology that is, you can get addicted and it can throw your life off if you're not using it, if you're overly using it or not using it properly. What's like some people, they can't go anywhere without their phone, which is sad. Yeah. It's really pathetic. I, I even like, say if we're like, if I'm standing in line somewhere and I know I got to sit there for a bit, I'll purposely just be like, don't look at your phone. Just, just sit there, look at stuff on the wall. Just have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Like I was at doctor's office, uh, just, what was that? The other day I had a random conversation with some old guy that was telling me his whole life story about being in Vietnam and everything. And I was like, Oh, great. Like, well, thanks Doug. I mean, really cool story. <laughs> But you know, Thanks, I, Doug. but like then, like there was a few other people that came in and like, like they had you know their like COVID masks on and they sat and they're just in their buried in and their they're just buried in their phones sitting off to the side and I'm talking to this crazy guy that seemed really cool and got to know his life. Yeah, it's just it's uh, I try to find myself every now and then just just to try to and we all get stuck you know like we all get in that um, oh it's so easy is the problem yeah and especially when you're like I need it. I need it right now. I need to find directions. When back then, oh gosh, when I, um, you had to find your way. From my late teens to like my mid twenties, I was a, a a pool tech, like a, a pool guy. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> for, my, me. for my for my cousin, and it was way before I had a smartphone, so I had to Thomas guide. You say that to a kid now, he's like, "What's a Thomas guide? Thomas guide? Thomas guide? Is that like a GPS?" Like. No, it was a book. You had to flip through. And yeah. I'd like set out my routes, everything. And man, I, I haven't even seen a Thomas Guide in probably over a decade. Check check your parents like I know, glove right? department. <laughs> it's probably in there. <laughs> Thomas Guide, two thousand one. No way. I bet you probably You know what I always think about like the there was this there was this movie that I watched um with my dad and it was such a cool movie to watch with my dad because what was it? We always think about the apocalypse and like, you know, things happening and um and it was called um was it Open Road. Well not Open Road. Yeah, yeah. Open Road. Open Road, huh? Yeah. And it's about these two two uh, uh, a man and his son. I advise you to I was watch gonna, it. So where can I stream it? Speaking of talking about I don't know where you can actually. I'll look it up though. Do you but, know who the actors? Um the guy that played um in Lord of the Rings, the main guy. Oh, that guy's friend um uh, Bill Mor- Morganson. Yeah. He, oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Um but it's it's such a um crazy movie to think because after when we were done with the movie, me and my dad, because it's a it's a very um grim and very like like a very sour outlook on like a real a real outlook on how life would look if things just shut down oh my goodness and one of the one of the things that always sticks in my head is when they're walking through the city um there's just things flying past them like trash 
And when you start to notice, it's money. Because at that point, money, money doesn't mean it anything. It doesn't mean anything unless everyone is alive and agrees that it's worth something. Yeah. So it to think like, I would hate for something to happen in this country where we have to, the phone doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, I would, man, I just feel like sometimes people, like you and me, we have not, we've just been talking, I know we're on technology right now. We're using, yeah. I'm using technology. But we have not looked at our phone. We have not, we've had good conversation. And I think the world is missing that a little bit. Sometimes it's, okay, it's like you and me are done with this podcast. And then I go right to my phone and, all right, you know, uh, and, and then you're right to your phone. And then, and it's like right back to life. And I think that's when you miss the cues in people's life. Like I talk about struggles. That's yeah. when you start to see like people carry themselves different when they're in struggles. Mm -hmm. You can see the weight on their shoulders. But when you're in the buried in your phone, like it's basically, it's a bubble. It's almost it, it, like people use alcohol and drugs and things in a very similar fashion, but obviously those have different types of consequences mm -hmm. on average. Well, I guess if you're drunk driving or if you're staring at your phone driving, you could still crash and kill somebody. Yeah. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just another thing that our people are using as like a crutch. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, I don't, I can pretend to be somebody or I can make myself, you know, we see it on Instagram and TikTok, you know, people that have become famous and they become this thing that that's not really them. It's who they're projecting themselves to be. Exactly. And then if they lose it, because people go, oh, okay, that was funny, but now I don't care anymore. And they can fall into like a massive depression and like, oh, what's wrong with me? And, and then. It's like, yeah, you were living as this character. You weren't living as you. Yeah. And the ones that stay relevant are the ones that are, I feel like the ones that are more true to themselves. Exactly. And those are the ones that are authentic. That's the thing I've always wanted to be about this podcast. I'm going to be the same guy when I leave this room and when I turn these things off. Or if you are changing, it's from learning something to make you better. Better. Not something where it's like, I'm going to be this character. Yeah. And I can never turn that character off. But when that character gets turned off, it's like, who am I? What's my identity? Like, it's like, that's horrible. You don't <laughs> think like Jim Carrey, like in a way, like when people think of like someone who acts like how Jim Carrey does, like they're like, oh, him as this character because he's so eccentric. Yeah. But those are just characters. Yeah. And it was the same like Robin Williams. I actually had a friend. I don't know if it was true, but he told me, and he seemed trustworthy, he did a tile job for like family, whatnot, way back in the day for uh, Robin Williams when wow. he was alive. And he was said he just went up and was like, hey, I, I want to like bother you. I just want to say you're like one of my favorite actors. And he was like, fuck off, go away. Like, leave me alone. Wow. And I was like, oh, man, that sounds brutal. But, you know, I don't know any verification of how true the story is or whatnot. Yeah. But just if, even if whether true or not, it's like, dang, like, like who you think that person is, whether it's on TV, uh, TikTok or podcasts, if they're playing a character, that doesn't mean, or just perceiving to be someone they're not. And, yeah. and I feel like that's what we suffer with a lot now is that it's not like, Hey, you're, 
if you're getting hired to play a role, that's people go, I'm going to make who I want myself to be. Yeah. Like on social media, like, and filters. Like, yeah, filters. And I think filters is one of the funniest ones. Like I'll sit with Cadence and like, she'll be like scrolling, talking to like her friends and whatnot, or like see stuff. And it's just like, you look at some of these girls and it's like, she does not look like that in real life. Yeah. Like that, that is completely unreal. I think it just kind of like makes me, um, it just makes me sad that, um, people aren't, um, and I get it. Like there's certain things in my life that I want to change and, you know, I'm going to this year and my weight and stuff like that. But it's like, I don't know, just to alter things. It, it, I think it just kind of shows weakness. Like when I see a girl that's like, I don't know when I, if you were to put a girl that's all natural and then a girl that's not all natural next to each other, but the one has no butt and, you know, maybe a little bit of boobs, but her hair's natural, face, nothing done to it. I look at her as more attractive. Oh, big time. You know, it's like just the then other someone day. someone that just, it's like, they're just plastic. I was like, the other day on, I think it was on X. I, uh, like from someone just had posted something like, uh, like a poll and it was like two guys, like what kind of woman would you choose? And it showed like some girl, like, you know, she looked like she was pretty, like just covered in tattoos. And then there was a girl that was more heavy set kind of not like, I wouldn't say ugly, but she was more like cute, homely looking. Yeah. And it was like what their stats would be and which one you would choose. And it's like. The pretty skinny one with all these tats, like, has two kids from two different dads, has slept with over a hundred different guys, uh, has, like, whatever problems, this, this. And it was, like, uh, the, the, the more average girl is, like, you know, she hasn't slept with anyone and she has, has, you know, believes in God and she's this. And it's, like, who would you choose as your mate? And, and it's funny that like a lot, I feel like a lot of guys would be, I want the hot chick. And it's like, you're, it's not the way someone looks most, a lot of time. And it's funny that it sounds so corny, but it's not, it's who is that person? Their outside is just their shell. Yeah. Like a car or like anything else. It, the guts and what is internally there is what actually matters. Yeah. And, and I know that like, even too, like some guys, they would look at that picture and go, Oh, we, of course, the, that girl, the, mm-hmm. the one that's just beautiful. But then I think if you really get down to it, I think guys are just, they're thinking exactly with their pee, you know? And, and then when they, when they would sleep with that girl, I think they would understand this girl would never be my, like, be the woman of my child. That other girl would be. Yeah. So it's like, but the the influence that you know filtering and Instagram have on a woman, it, man, um, it's very sad. I think it's one thing that um, I don't think girls, some girls, don't get told enough that they are. It's okay, you know. It's okay to be in your skin. You don't have to wear all this makeup. You don't have to. Yeah. But they're they're bred from when they're a little kid, man, to be this certain way, and it's just. It's the same thing with men. You're bred to, you got to watch porn. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it's so, oh, you know what? That's another thing I completely have cut 
out of my life. There was a time in my life I was massively addicted to porn. Oh, yeah. I mean, every man in this. I feel like almost just about every man goes through it. And I, I, mean, I don't even how long. I can't even think of how long I have to watch porn. It's been a really long time. But I, it's like one of the most freeing things in the world. It it's, so, it's so rotten. It gives you a false um, idea of what sex is all about. Oh, and it's because it's not real. It's, you know, that like with like porn, the whole thing is set up. There's a camera watching. They have like all these things and it's like, oh, we're doing this. It's there's no passion and love. There's no meaning behind it. Yeah. That's and that's another thing like with people looking for likes on Instagram or look at this, like they're just, they want a little feel good hit. Like I want a little dopamine hit. Give me a little dopamine hit. Oh, oh, by skim through Instagram and like X amount of people like my photo, I feel great. And that's, that, that's where I think it's sad. It's like the same thing with porn. Oh, I watched, you know, some porn and then, you know, I masturbated and, uh, and you feel good and then you feel like a retard. But, you know, yeah, it's and like, then you feel bad right after. And then you, then you just feel like, oh, that was stupid. Why'd I do that? Yeah. Especially when you're trying not to. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when it's like the worst. You're like, but it's also great that you feel so horrible. That you feel that it, way. it helps Because when you don't, process. that's when it's like, oh, man. Because no. if you just get addicted to it, like, oh, this is, the, this is reality. This is real. That's when you're in a real, that's where the, you're in the eye of the storm. Yeah, because even to like, you know, some guys are like, I'm going to put this girl in this position. It's like, no, you're not going to be doing that to a woman. No, like, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. And also, it's it's just not, that's not love. It's no. just, it's not. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this way and that way. And it's like, yeah, but you're not. And I feel like that ties in with guys' egos talking with other guys. Like, exactly. oh, look, look at me. I did this. Oh, yeah, I slept with all these girls, you know, this past month or like this. Or look at this chick I'm talking to. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, is she, is she I fun used, to hang out with? Like, I used <laughs> to be that guy. I used yeah. to be that scumbag guy that was just going out of the bars and just picking up chicks, just like use them and ditch them. And it just, there was no meaning in my life at that point, like it, at least in that realm. Yeah. I've obviously, I was uh, very much lacking spiritually. I, I, and, and because of that, my humility of who I really am was overinflated in ways that aren't healthy. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's kind of like the porn thing. Oh, this feels good. And then after, you know, it's done, it's like, okay, that was stupid. Yeah. Why did I Why do that? There was no point to that. Like I didn't like not like in contrast, I would say to like where I'm at in my life now, having met a woman that compliments me as a person and we're very similar in a lot of ways. Obviously we're different. We're yin and yang, male, male, female, but we have a vision and our vision is we want to raise our son and our future children and be great parents and just just from that all those little other things that like we're discussing yeah hey they, they so easily fall by the wayside because jordan peterson talks about it really well yeah of where he's someone that like he's one like you know like hey straighten out your life Mm -hmm. And it's, I, mean, I think like messaging like that is like, like value hey, yeah, in find value in life, like yeah. true value, find things that actually matter because then you'll have a purpose in life. 
and that purpose. Like when we go back to like when you're seeing a child and like I hate this kid, like I have responsibility. Yeah, I have, and it, it can be scary, but that's what makes it so awesome. Yeah, because you know what, I probably won't be perfect, but I'm gonna aim for it. Yeah, definitely. Well, dude, I think I think we really did good here. Uh, I had a great time, man. Uh, it was so fun talking and catching up with you. Uh, and I hope to have you on more. I'm going to try to mix you in with some of my other friends. And I've got some equipment, too, if you want. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, let me know. Just actually, I, we'll, we'll talk other stuff. Definitely. I definitely, because I tried a little bit, and then I was like, okay, this isn't going to be me. I got to focus on other things. But yeah. Coding, I am so like honored that you had me on. I it's been great seeing you, and I'd I'd love to do it again. Yeah, and and there's definitely going to be more times of uh, of coming on here. And my favorite types of podcasts too are like this, where we get because you just never know. I, and I say this almost in every podcast I do. You never know what people are going through. In the oh world. yeah, and um. Just like I said that you, your experience in going through just business helped me kind of like achieve thinking about you every now and then and going, okay, like stick to your dream, you know, and all the people that helped me stick to this. Um, but you just don't know what people are going through. Some people could listen to this episode and go, wow, like I never really thought about life in that way or you know, the way that the things that he was going through, DC was going through, like I've been through similar things and they can outreach to me and be like, Hey, like I, I really love that episode and it really changed. And I've already had people do that stuff. That's so awesome. And, and that's the thing is it's just so important to be your authentic self and tell your story. And, um, I'm just happy that you were able to come on and, it's a long time coming. It was something that I remember talking to you about it when we were working. And it was something that I never thought that was going to be here, but that's what makes it so cool. That's why I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually stoked for you. I'm like, oh. yeah, and it's here because it feels, and that's like what you're saying. If when someone else, act, like I, I feel so honored by you saying that, but it's there's power in being positive influence. Yeah, and it's it's. It's been a, a fun little time, and that's why I was so excited to, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I got to get, you know, some different people on, and um, you were the first person that came to my mind that was like, all right, that's, let's get some different people on. And <laughs> I wish everybody could see the big, stupid grin on my face yeah, <laughs> that I've had uh, all this whole time. So I just, you know, I, th I thank you, too, for... Um, coming on and i know we haven't like i said we didn't talk a lot um but we'll continue that you know we'll continue to keep it going and um we'll have you on again and like i said we're gonna mix with some people we're gonna have a good time on here too i, I think it was so fun because i love comedy podcasts too so you know we'll get silly and funny on here too so oh, yeah i just want people to know who you are and then hopefully they get a little bit of a gist of who you are and um more to come. So thank you, man. Thanks for having you on. And, um, yeah, that's a wrap, dude. Code Bear, one of the coolest guys I know. We're <laughs> doing this again for sure. All right, man. Thank you, everybody. Bye.